Here's what's coming up next on Ready to Lead. And one of the questions we posed in the beginning of this was how do we create a compensation plan that allows us to be unemotional, not to Mm -hmm. ignore emotion because talking about someone's compensation is a very emotional thing. One of the things that I do to separate emotion is to make sure that everyone understands that I will never be able to pay them what they're worth. (laughs) Not because I'm unwilling to pay market or above market, but because no one will ever be paid what they're worth, period. Your self-worth and your role that you occupy and what that what this company can afford to pay for that role have to be bifurcated. I will never be paid what I'm worth. Jeff will never be paid what he is worth because worth and compensation, when put together, are dangerous. Welcome to Ready to Lead, a show that gives you, the leader, tools, tips, and insights you need to grow your team, your company, and yourself. Welcome back to another episode of Ready to Lead. I'm your host, Richard Lindner, and joining me as always, the lovely, the talented, the beautiful, the smart, your friend, my friend, everyone's (laughs) favorite coach, Mr. Jeff Mask. Jeff, welcome and thank you for being here. Thank you. Thank you. So happy to be here. So happy to do our little ritual beforehand to get some great energy. And we did Mm -hmm, so wonderfully. mm -hmm, mm -hmm, (laughs) It's going to be a good one today. What hit me just now is I cannot wait for the next time that we are together live and in person in some random setting. And I have to introduce you to a person (laughs) because I don't even think about it anymore. Like when I go to introduce you, this (laughs) happens. And if that happens live and in person, it is going to be awkward, but hilarious for you. I'm not going to do it intentionally, (laughs) but I'm just sitting here thinking like, man, I got to be really careful because I introduce this dude to people in real life all the time. And if I go into this, if this is now muscle memory, it's going to be real hard habit to kick. So... Listeners, stay tuned. It's going to happen, and I can't wait to tell you about it. Um, but we're not here to talk about that, uh, not the the truth behind all of those things that I constantly say about Jeff to embarrass him or how much I enjoy it. We're here to talk about um, the elephant in the room. The elephant in the room when it comes to money. The elephant in the room when it comes to raises. The elephant in the room when it comes to what we as leaders fear almost more than anything else right now specifically is that money talk. If we look back over last year, it's the big quit, the great resignation. It's the year the employee leaves, right? And we've all felt it big time. We've all felt it now. And and so much so, Right. So much so we we've talked about before. Oh man, 4.2 million people quit in, in October. 4.5 million people quit in November. Here's the deal. 38 million. In fact, over 38 million employees in, a, in the U.S. alone quit their job last year. That's a lot of people walking out. That's a lot of investment in growth and training onboarding. That's a lot of unoccupied positions. So now I know what I'm hearing from people that I lead. I know 
what I'm hearing from our communities, our mastermind students from other CEOs and executives, mid-level managers is my employees are asking for raises and I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much to pay them. I don't know if I should pay over market. I don't even know how the hell to figure out what market is right now. And you know what? I feel it too. I feel like we are sitting here almost bidding on a house in the hottest real estate market out there. Mm-hmm. How much over market do we have to go? And there are times when the question or the answer is whatever it takes. And there are other times when the, que- the answer is none. How do you know? Mm. How do you have these conversations with team members? Because if they haven't asked, they're thinking about it and they're building up the courage to ask. And the longer that it takes them to have the conversation, the bigger issue it's become in their minds. So when they do ask, how do we have the conversation from a place of power, not fear, from humility and vulnerability? How do we model leadership principles and practices in that conversation? And once we get real comfortable about that, how do we say, screw waiting for them to ask? I'm just going to go head it off because at least then it doesn't become this bigger elephant in the room. And here's, here's the great part about today's episode. I don't know, but everyone's favorite coach is here with us today. And I couldn't be more excited to pass the puck to him and say, Jeff, what the heck do we do? Okay. And my first two words will be, you suck. <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. But because the only reason I say that jokingly is I don't know either. Mm. I have some ideas. I oh, have some best practices episode. that I've seen over the year or better practices. <laughs> yeah. But, but to, the, to help everyone that's listening, the good and bad is nobody really knows. Yeah. And so we're all kind of in a similar spot. That, that's good. The bad is nobody really knows. And so what do you do? But what we'll do is we will avoid extremes today. We will avoid panic. We will avoid emotionally driven decisions. And we'll, we'll base it based off of years and years of what has worked well in up and down markets. Hmm. Richard and I have been in our careers for over 20 years. And we've seen lots of interesting ebbs and flows from you know when I started when the dot-com bubble was massive and things were just crazy and money was just you know literally... You shake a tree and you got several million, several billion, depending on the domain that you were working on or working with, to massive financial crisis in 07, 08, 09, to a whole bunch of different things in between. And what's tried and true are several principles we'll talk about today that can give you peace, can give you clarity, can give you confidence to know how to broach the subject, to know how to stay united as a leadership team. So there's no silver bullet, there's no perfect answer, but we'll talk about some things that I guarantee will help you today. So buckle up, it's gonna be a good one. And what you just said there, I think is, is critical. Two things that I heard, uh, un- unemotional and united as a leadership team. Here's what, I, I can tell you what, what doesn't work. Panic and, and instantly thinking, I can't lose this person. Right. Even if that's true, if you go there, the emotional aspect of that is going to cause you to make a decision that may not be right for them. You may start to, you may overpay someone. And now if they ever go to leave or they want another raise, you can't give them a raise and they can't make what they're making working for you. So you're their best, worst option. 
we don't think about that potential future when we're making the decision now. So that's right. that's one issue. The two, it could be totally irresponsible for the financial position of the company. Three, it could be out of line with what the managers are doing in the rest of the company. See, we have to have alignment when we're when we're creating compensation plans. What do we do? Because if one manager does one thing and another manager does a wildly different thing, one manager pays dramatically over market, the other manager pays at or slightly under market, but really throws in perks and all these other, then now we're starting to say, well, this team does it this way and this team does it this way. I want to work for that team or why can't we do it like this? So there was a lot in the, 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 those two words that I wanted to pull out in, in almost yeah. a warning of what a logical solution to a common problem could cause in future frustration. Yes. So if we're not going to do that, how do we, how do we look at these things from a place of, of unemotional reality to say, mm-hmm. What is our, how, how do we pay people here? Does it start there? I mean, what, what's the first question we're answering here? Because the first question in my mind should not have a name attached to it. If we're saying, what are we going to pay Jeff? And we don't have something to, to go back to that says, how do we pay? That's a problem. Correct. Correct. Totally. I'll tell a quick story to kind of set this up. One of my clients, founder, CEO, working in a high growth company in tech slash marketing, mostly tech for marketing. And they're, they're grown at a really good clip. They've raised some outside capital as well. And this particular CEO has a, a mentality around compensation that is candidly fairly unique. He likes to pay well above market. He likes to attract and retain top talent. I mean, as we all do. And he's, he's willing to pay a premium. The problem was we were, you know, trying to, they were trying to hire a few top technical talented people and he was offering certain things and was hitting roadblocks with his executive team, in particular with the CFO, where commonly CFOs and CEOs sometimes don't see eye to eye or CFOs and any other when it comes to compensation. And there was just lots of tension. There was a lot of awkwardness, a lot of weirdness. And the founder and CEO is kind of like, dude, step off. I'm the founder and CEO. We're going to hire these people. But there, the, the problem that happened, we finally got to this, this clarity point, was there was no agreed upon compensation strategy. It was just kind of what each executive thought. And the company had grown and matured in such a place that the lack of compensation strategy was really holding them back and creating unnecessary friction and tension and other issues and problems within the team that then exacerbated other problems. And and so it went on. So we huddled together and we brainstormed and we co-created a compensation strategy, something that I learned years previous in my career that without it, it can get very confusing. All sorts of bizarre precedents can be set. All sorts of perceived or real favoritism can be created. and And it creates a very unscalable, very difficult to to fund process if you're not careful so we are going to talk today about some of those basic fundamental principles that are helpful some it, this this might be elementary this part but i promise the other part won't be others will be man this is great and the next part might be a little bit too too down the road for you regardless of where you stand in your business and in your role there will be components of what we talk about that will be highly valuable i guarantee it 
So yeah. Richard, should we just dive into maybe yeah, a compensation guide in. in the framework? How do okay. we, cool. how do we create a compensation guide or a compens uh, compensation? Maybe it's a comp methodology. Like what, yeah. do, what do we believe? What is our principal stance on compensation at this company? Yeah. And, and even well, if you don't have the ability to create this, what I just said should be the question you ask. Yes. You should ask your manager. You should ask the CEO. You should ask the CFO. Asking the leadership team that question, if you don't have it, is powerful. So if you're not in a position to where, if, if you know that we don't have, your company doesn't have this, and you, and you don't believe that you can be the, the person that drives it into existence, listen to this conversation from a place of how do I ask to help find out what my manager believes and what the company believes, because I'll tell you, whether it's written down or not, someone somewhere has their position, their stance on this, and it is informing compensation decisions. When everyone understands it, it makes this conversation easier. So let's right. dive into how to, how to create it or what areas make up a compensation guide or the compensation methodology within an organization. Yeah. Yeah. You, in fact, you nailed it. That's exactly what happened with this particular case study where there were compensation guiding principles that each of these executives had. They just had never shared them because it, you know, it was so common sense in their mind that they thought others operated that way until they didn't. And then they had that, that moment. So what we created were, were guiding principles around compensation. So we called it the comp guiding principles with one company, another company, I just did employee compensation guidance so that everybody could be on the same page. So Best practices to keep in mind when you're creating something like this. One, get clear on what is your compensation strategy? What do I mean by that? Well, some strategically pay just under market. Some strategically pay right at market. Some pay well over market. Here in the fast food industry, who do you know that part of their strategy is they pay well, up, well above market? Two come to mind. in and out Burger and Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A, yeah. They, they both pay well above the McDonald's, the Burger Kings, the, the, the Wendy's of the world. Why? It's part of their strategy. Why? Because they say their methodology, my son worked it in and out. So I got to know some of the deeper workings, which was really fascinating in the leadership and business geek that I am. I, I asked <laughs> lots of questions and asked how he was onboarded with I'm that. sure he loved that. Yeah, yeah. He's like, you are a nerd dad. And he's right. But what they say is we will purposely pay 20 to 40% above market to one, attract, and two, retain the top talent. Why? Because this compensation strategy ties directly to the top talent creates the best customer experience and the best customer experience enables the most re repeat business, which is more, more a profitable and healthy business model to operate. Instead of cutting the corners on, on comp with their employees, they realize when we are generously overpaying in some people's minds, we're actually creating a better customer experience and a more loyal customer. So that's their strategy, right? This particular company I work for, they said, all right, our strategy, we are going to pay above market anywhere from 10 to 30%, depending on the role. We are also 100% transparent so that we can, and then they filled in the blanks. And they wrote, attract and retain the world's best talent and ensure a world-class culture so that we can ensure at a world-class customer experience. Once they stated that, it was interesting what other problems that resolved and then that clarified. Now, by the way, it took a while for them to agree on those words. And, and what they had to do is ensure that everyone on the senior leadership level 
not only bought into, but totally aligned to that strategy and methodology. Well, it seems Why? like that must have tied back into core values yes. or mission or both. Totally. I mean, the way yep. that that was worded yes. seems powerful and intentional. Yep. And when you can tie your compensation strategy like anything else back into that purpose, that core value, then yep. if you truly believe it, then you live it. If you're not living yep. it, then do you tr truly believe it? The way that you rattled that off, the way that it was worded hit me like, wow, yep. that must be tied back to one of those foundational pieces in the company. Correct. And it was, that was kind of the North star that guided this whole guiding principle around compensation. Mm. And it was amazing to see the problems that it resolved. The underscore I want to make sure we, we focus on is the alignment that everyone on the team was able to voice their opinion, to weigh in so that there was a, a total united buy-in because the clarity and consistency of how the leadership team leads that is essential. Otherwise, you get different reasons for different merit increases or different raises or different promotions and all sorts of inconsistencies creep in and then favoritism and all sorts of, wow, man, I want to be on that team because this person, man, she pays really well, but this team, no, this guy's like cheap. What's up, right? You want it to be consistent across the board. And so we had to define, well, what does top talent mean? Define it. Define specifically what does world-class talent mean? And then when you do merit an, an increase, what, is, what does that mean? Well, we determine results plus time plus scope of the work where relevant connected into this equation. And then we made sure that we were clear results also incorporate living the core values. Sometimes people say, oh, they're such a great performer, but you know they're not living the core values. Or they're such a great core values fit, but they don't really perform well. I argue it's one and the same. You are a top performer when you're also living the core values that sh it should be baked in. But too often we, we misconstrue those and it, it creates all sorts of fuzziness and, and weird judgment. I love what I, what I heard there and that was formula. And one of the questions we posed in the beginning of this was how do we create a compensation plan that allows us to be unemotional, not to mm -hmm. ignore emotion because talking about someone's compensation is a very emotional thing. One of the things that I do to separate emotion is to make sure that everyone understands that I will never be able to pay them what they're worth. <laughs> Not because I'm unwilling to pay market or above market, but because no one will ever be paid what they're worth, period. Your self-worth and your role that you occupy and what that, what this company can afford to pay for that role have to be bifurcated. I will never be paid what I'm worth. Jeff will never be paid what he is worth because worth and compensation when put together are dangerous. Yeah, good distinction. Value, what does the market say this is worth? How does our company value that role? Is it a critical function to the value creation process? Is it less critical here than maybe it is in some of the other organizations that are establishing that benchmark for average compensation. Like these are things that we have to come up with that, that establish establishes what we can pay, but separate value. But what I heard from Jeff is formula. Correct. Formula is a great way to say, well, the way that we determine compensation here is this, we take into consideration this, 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 and this. Mm -hmm. Definitely. This is how we establish here. And this is how we look at these things. formulas are a great way to, to take and make unemotional decisions. Yep. And you avoid all the, all the exceptions. Cause when you don't have this clarity, everything's the exception. 
And and I'm not naive enough to say that once you get this clarity, you won't have any extenuating circumstances and some exceptions, but those should be, wait for it, the exception, right? This should cover 80 to 90%, if not more of of the cases that we're working with versus having it be so haphazard and so wild, wild west. If you have it, everything is an extenuating, every decision is is an extreme or extenuating circumstance or an outlier because you you don't have a way to consistently make this decision. So you're you're overtaxing the team members that work for you, you're overtaxing the managers that work for you, you're overtaxing the CFO because they have no way to project what raises could look like when they're doing financial forecasting. It's overtaxing everyone, just not having a methodology or a a compensation guide that is Mm -hmm. documented and everyone agrees to. I love this. Totally. Then the next step is you've determined what merit means. Then you determine what the bands are by role and whatever that means. And very entrepreneurial people hear this and go, shoot me now. I'm not going to create a band. And I'll tell you, the sooner you can just embrace it, the less problems you're going to have in the future. But I understand not wanting to put, paint yourself in a corner, but creating that clarity of what does that look like? Level one, level two, level three, for example, within particular roles are between X and Y and Y and Z, whatever, whatever the roles are. Just, again, guidelines to help people know kind of what, what that looks like. Then you got to look at timing. What if someone was in a role for a couple of months? Are they eligible for a raise yet? Right. Are they not? It, it, there's no necessarily wrong or right way only if it's not consistent so i would say stay consistent i would say err on the side of a little bit more time than less time i'm not saying you can't get a raise if you've had one the last 24 months but i that's probably one extreme uh the other extreme is well we just had give them a raise two weeks or two months ago and they're up for another raise that's probably another extreme where you set an unhealthy precedent of like great i'm gonna get a raise every two months and and although they know logically that probably won't happen, emotionally they expect that. And when it doesn't, they get frustrated and they leave. So having that consistency is super helpful in knowing what the increases in timing look like. Then get clear on what, what are general amounts that we give for raises. If you look at different studies out there, typically industry standards across any, any industry are about 2 to 5% on just a normal annual raise. Now, that doesn't mean you have to do that, but it's just a good rule of thumb to remember because sometimes people jump to 20 and 30 and 50% raises. And my big question with that is, then what? It, mm-hmm. That precedent that it sets is so, so damaging because it just kind of becomes the norm. And, and unless your company is growing at 100 and 200 and 300% annually, that will... that pay increase will bite you so fast and your profitability will be will be just down the tubes and you'll be dead. So and, and what we're talking about here is a raise, not a promotion. Because if correct. here here's how promotions work where someone could do that in my mind. Because yes. we have we have uh, term or, or timeline limits on raises. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm gonna I'm gonna get more money for doing the same role. Nothing has changed. We have no timeline on promotions. Someone could mm-hmm. get promoted and promoted and promoted and promoted. When someone is growing at the rate of need with the company, so think about that for a second, when they are growing in skill set, knowledge, at the same need at the company is growing for that skill set or for that knowledge, they can grow into those roles and mm-hmm. get promoted and promoted and promoted and promoted. That is a win, 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 win every time it happens. 
But I agree. If, if you're starting to look at 20, 30% raises, either you are at some point, you have to acknowledge that you are writing a wrong. This person was paid yeah. under market and you are making the conscientious decision to sure that up. Right. Got to communicate that. Mm-hmm. Otherwise you're, you're calling in a raise, but it is entering into a percentage that, that should be more of a promotion. And if nothing's right. changed, how long can you maintain that level? And the second you don't do it, because what we do consistently becomes expected, right? If right. a team member expects every time raises happen, it's this. And you go back to, you didn't say like, hey, we've taken two years to get everyone in this department up to a slightly above what what market is. We were We were unaware that we were paying dramatically under. Now we're getting back to a more consistent and appropriate raise level, anywhere from two to 5%. Right. If you don't have that conversation, but you go through those motions, when that 5% comes, even though it's at the top of what your company is offering for raises, if it's well under what you've been giving them because you didn't communicate it, right? What now we have misalignment where you're expecting, thank you. Yeah. Because what you're prepared to say is you're welcome. Right. And your welcome is a terrible response to what the hell, right? Which is what they're going to be feeling. So now right. you're confused because you think that they should be grateful. They're confused because they think they just got slighted 15%. Right. Right. And here we right. sit all for lack of communication. Yes. Yes. Which segue is the segue. perfect segue to the next part. So after you've got clear on the amount and so forth, then you really double down on training with all people leaders. Anyone who ever will have the conversation about raises and promotions with anyone needs to be well-trained on how to broach the subject of pay increases of promotions and so forth. It has mm-hmm. to be trained on the clarity on how effectively communicated, how consistently we communicate it. Because if we don't, here's what happens. Everyone has their own story. They connect the dots and there's all sorts of expectations. So how do you do that? Get really clear upfront. Like you as the leader, it's so much more powerful when we as leaders have the conversation versus putting that ball in the court of the employee who feels a little awkward, unsure, and they're, but you address it. Say, hey, just want you to know, here's what compensation can look like. Here's, here's what, what it may or may not be based on different things. But I want to be clear now so that you're not left guessing, man, I think I should have a raise. And you know, nobody wants that feeling. And so you're up front you're very clear. You don't avoid the topic. You don't hope that they won't come and chat with you about it. You, you really actually be the one to proactively communicate it. It's so yeah, much more first. powerful. Yeah, it's so great. Be transparent and share the same information across the board, all, all teams, all departments, all leaders. Why? Because sooner than later, you'll likely have an employee A who's in department B want to go to department C. And what if department, the inner department's philosophies of compensation are vastly different, which very often happens. They'll either be well overpaid or underpaid. And then all of a sudden they're talking with their teammates on the new team. And they're like, wow, I'm, this is, this is the place to be. I'm like 50% higher than I was before or the other way around. Wow. This is mm-hmm. a total crapshoot. Like I'm, yeah, you I'm guys are totally screwed. Yeah, exactly. It's and it creates it all sorts right. of issues. And ask so, me how I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's pain in that in that story, in that example. Here too, 
right? We've made that mistake and allowed teams are going to have their own subcultures, right? And different types of, of workers are compensated in different ways, right? So to say like engineering is going to be compensated in the same way as sales. Well, of course not. Of course not. That's just right. So it's easy there to say, yeah, here's how this department is different. I mean, typically sales compensation is a bit of eat what you kill. So there is some performance-based pay. There's commission, right? It's just saying that that a waiter or waitress in the service industry and and the, the dishwasher like those two departments, it's understood. Cooks, dishwashers, anyone that's that's not forward, front of the house, working with customers, they're going to be on tips. Right. They're going to be paid much higher base salary, right. hourly wage. Waiters, waitresses, right? They're paid a couple bucks an hour because most of their compensation is coming from tips. We understand those distinctions in the same way that, right. of course, sales and, and engineering wouldn't. But what about those departments that should be more similar because there isn't that different. If you allow those departments to have different pay structures, different raise structures, different review periods, like that's where this stuff gets really, really dangerous and toxic internally. Because to think that the conversations aren't going to happen until someone moves from one team to the next, like we have all become as a society more desensitized to money. Conversations are happening interdepartmentally and, and, organizationally about individuals' compensation. They know. If it's not a number, it's a, I got this much of a raise. What'd you get? Mm -hmm. Right? These conversations are happening and they're either going to build trust in the equality and fairness that the company compensates or mistrust. Mm -hmm. You get to choose. Right. And I'll tell you right now, this is scary. It really is. It's scary to figure out when you're sitting here going, let's say I do have this, this compensation guide. We all do. We all are aligned on our compensation strategy, whether we pay at, above, under. Let's say we've even got the wording tied back as succinctly as Jeff said to our mission, to our values. Mm-hmm. Let's say we have our salary bands. We, we know that every six months we're doing a review and every a year someone's eligible for a raise. We know we give 5%. We know how those raises happen. We know the different salary bands. We know how promotions happen. We think as a company, we have it licked. Now's the time to review it. Right. Just because something's done doesn't mean it's done forever. Right. For sure. Is it done but relevant still? It's time to review those things and say at a leadership level, hey team, do we still believe that our compensation guide, our compensation philosophy here will allow us to enter whatever statement you had at the end of it, like Jeff said, to attract and retain the best talent to best serve our customers? If the answer is no, then it has to be revised. It doesn't have to be revised forever. Maybe it has to be temporarily revised. Maybe this is a document that's reviewed annually. But we have to say, based on the reality that we're in right now, with the number of people leaving their jobs, we have to see why are they leaving their jobs? It's quality of life. I mean, listen, the global pandemic definitely had people say life is about more than work. It had some people really, really cross some boundaries when they're not leaving their home to go to an office, to come home. Work can happen 24 hours a day. We've broken down some boundaries and maybe it was too much we are forever changed because of that. 
but how, right? How, what do we need to do? Is it just pay? Is it benefits? Is it, how are we investing in them? It, and, and does, does pay have to strictly mean salary? So we've got to say, are we paying competitively now? Do we need to change our bands? Has the market adjusted one way or another? We need to adjust Two, what other ways are we compensating our team members? Let's look at benefits. Are we providing not only health insurance, but do we have some sort of teledoc? Are we providing, you know, any type of mental health type of, of benefits to where someone can speak to someone, right? That self-care package, is that there? What do we provide financial education? What do we provide? What are we providing over and above direct monetary compensation? And is that valued? Do they know it exists? Who do we have that is encouraging them to use it? Yeah. Now, how are we aligning their compensation with the company's growth? It hits, the company hits its goals, you hit yours. How do we align those? Right. Are we, is it time to start to look at whether it's profit sharing or are we setting you know, company goals and saying, here's what's going to happen per person or per department or at each of these levels, if the company achieves these goals so that someone has something to work towards. There are a ton of different creative ways to pay above market. It doesn't just have to be, I guess we have to increase this salary 30% to get above market. If you're that far behind market, you got a problem. Right, right. What I hear you saying in all of this is leadership elevated. Yeah. It's, it, I mean, frankly, it's why we launched this podcast. We knew that the leadership game is evolving and changing and is elevating if we choose to elevate. And, and truly when we create environments for our team and for our people that where they feel safe, where they feel rewarded, where they feel valued, where they feel appreciated, where they feel that they're really receiving what they desire and what they need. And they feel heard, they feel seen, they feel like, man, I'm really contributing that like, this is, and something I believe in, like this is where Bingo. people are, are connected to, and where they yep. where they either will stay or where they where they will end up going based on how we show up as leaders and what environment we've created. And compensation is just a part of it, but it, it is, is an important part and and one that we we felt we needed to address. But man, the bigger picture of all of this is just elevating our leadership. And one thing that I've seen a trend that's happening a lot that you guys are doing and many other com companies are doing is more investment in leadership development and more investment in coaching and, mm -hmm. and letting people have professional development paths. And sometimes it might be from an outsider. Sometimes it might be within whatever it is. When you invest in people like that, the, the ROI is significant and, and the people's desire to stay, they're just, they're so indebted and so grateful, not indebted out of, out of guilt or shame, but out of gratitude of just, this is such a, a great place. And I'm truly becoming the best version of myself that I never thought was possible. Why? Because we're investing in that person. So Bingo. it's good to think of the, the entire picture through this, not just monetary compensation, though it is, it is important. All of this is important. Here's where I would challenge leaders, people, leaders, managers, however you self-identify uh, right now, take some time to look at the people that report to you. Look at their compensation, start with salary, then look at any variable compensation. Look at the benefits your company provides. Once you have a clear picture of what those are, go to salary.com or wherever you, I really like salary.com because it allows you to plug in some for here for the US, it allows you to plug in, you know, some location, state, city. It allows you to plug in number of direct reports, who this team member reports to, 
Are they reporting to a mid-level manager? Are they reporting into an executive or a director? Their career experience, are they early career? Are they mid-career? Are they late career? It allows you to plug in some other things and it'll tell you not only here are the general salary bands, here's what's typical for a breakdown of base versus performance or variable or bonuses. Here is a career path. This role can go either here, here, or here traditionally. But start to do this research and first answer the question, no matter what your philosophy or theory is on pain, what's the actual reality of it now? If you were to average out, are you paying at or under? And, and do some research. You have to also plug in like what size company are you? That right. changes, right? That changes the pay scale. Like pay scale is another one you can look at. But go in and do some research and try to figure out for companies your size, for team members who are leading the number of people that they're leading with the years of experience that they have, with the level of education that they have, with the state or city that you live in, are you paying a little under, dramatically under, at, a little over, dramatically over? So now you know. When you have these conversations, you know where you stand. And then start to look at the benefit packages you offer. And then start to look at, are your people participating? Are they enrolled in healthcare if you offer it? Do they know that you have Teladoc or these other things if it's available? Are they enrolled in any type of retirement 401k? Are they participating in any type of in team member engagement, virtual or in-person? Like, are they actually using the resources that you're providing? Because sometimes they may not know they exist, even if they've been told. They may instantly get a raise in lifestyle if they take advantage of some of these things, but have those. Then here's where I would super challenge you for those overachievers. Super have challenge. The Super challenge. It's a mega challenge. <laughs> it's like a double dog dare. Sorry. <laughs> Ask the question in your next one-on-one. -on -one. Have you thought about leaving the company at all lately? Oh, see what they say. That's a big one. Yeah, that's a big one. See what they say. Yeah, you know, I, I have I have been looking. Totally understandable. What What caused you to look? Were you just curious or is there something here that you think could or should be better? Do you think you have more opportunity outside of this organization than you do inside? Well, I don't know. I've never really thought about it. Well, let's talk about it. In the same way that you can ask, what are your goals and figure out where do they want to be monetarily? You can get alignment of annual goals or, or employee goals and say like, here's how I could help you achieve that goal within your role. Or here's a couple of different paths that we'd need to make sure that you're on within this organization to achieve your role. Asking if you've thought about leaving is another way to figure out how to help them stay. We got to have the conversations. I like I like that. We got to have these conversations. You know what? Because they're having them one-sided in their head. <laughs> they're having conversations either in their head or with their friend groups, with their um, significant others, their partners, or with the other people that work at your company. What if you flip the script and it's different because you ask them, have you thought about leaving? Not from a place of how dare you, not with an accusatory tone, but or that true, I hope you will. <laughs> or that I hope you will. Yeah. If, if there's right, yeah. someone you're watch like, boy, I hope this person leaves. Right, right. For sure. One, watch make sure that, sure. yeah, one, make sure that you're not just have some weird bias and, and right. it, there's a reason. And two, then be a leader. 
follow a process, manage them up or manage them out. If that yeah. person's there, don't, don't right. create a scenario for someone to quit. That is, that is cowardly. Ask them the question because people will talk about it. Also feel different. If you ask, then it's not the elephant in the room. We're talking about it. We totally. fight for relationships that we care about. Are you fighting for your team members to stay? Hmm. Do they think you would care if they left? Hmm. It's a great question. So this is a difficult time to have money conversations because we're all scared. They're just as scared as you are. Am I, is the, am I thinking the grass is greener on the other side? Am I making a short-term decision? Right. I can make more money now, but do I don't have opportunity. If you can't help them definitively know what their opportunity looks like here, how they can reach their goals here, then they're only going to come to a logical conclusion that the way to get what they want is by leaving. Yeah. So be different. Totally. Have yeah. the conversations. Put in the place the guide that Jeff's talking about. But even if you don't have the organizational oomph, if you're not able to put this together and implement it, because you're not the founder, you're not the CEO, you're not the CFO, you're not on the leadership team, you're, you're a manager, you're a people leader, but you don't have that type of authority, you can ask the questions about it to the leadership team to start totally. to inform and, and make them aware that we need it and it would be helpful. And then you can For ask sure. the team members what they think and what they want to, to also try to figure out to maybe work with HR on do people value the benefits that we're offering? You can be different by having different conversations. Don't wait for them to bring it up. Take it to them. That's what I Definitely. would say right now. We have to do. It's uncomfortable, but you know what? It's going to be uncomfortable either way. Losing a good employee is hard. Having a difficult conversation is hard. Choose your heart. For sure. So there are three things I would add as we wrap up. I love the conversation you just shared of you bringing the question. One way to do that that might create a, a more natural response is share the stat of the 48 million people that left their company in 2021 and say, that's, that's amazing. That's just in the U.S. alone. Have you considered that? Like that way, there's a little bit of a segue. Otherwise, they might feel like, oh, dude, what do you know about me? Right. And it's more of a conversation that can be a little bit more open and We've been you know, watching I'll, I'll, your computer activity. Yeah, exactly. That's how right. I would start it. I'm kidding. That was a joke. You've been <laughs> a joke. You've been on yeah. Indeed, right? right exactly. Uh -huh. no. so Super that, joke. That's a good, a, a good conversation piece that I think could create a really awesome dialogue. Then two other, two other things. Create guiding principles, or if you don't have them and, and you may not be able to create them, invite your leaders and ask them to create them. So here, here are four that a couple companies that I've worked with have created that are that are actually kind of similar. So one is entitlement. We do not pay for entitlement. We pay for performance as defined by what we talked about. Financial wisdom, and you teach this. So these are guiding principles of our compensation strategy. Pay increases are tied to company performance. So the, sub, the subheader of that is it's critical to teach business acumen to each of our teammates and help them know that, man, when the company does well, we can all do well. But when the company doesn't do well, it's hard for us to pay for compensation or, or you know, it raises because we don't have the money. Employees very often don't think like that. They think, well, I'm here, I'm doing my job, I should get the money. Well, if the company doesn't have the money, that's not why. So teach them the business acumen that financial wisdom is critical, that increases are tied to performance. The next one is performance in general. We happily pay a premium for high performance. Again, define what that means. And we are customer centric. 
employee increases are a result of increased customer value back to good mm. business acumen and business statistics. So those are just some, some guiding principles. Now the last subject, pitfalls to avoid. Raise amounts is the first one. If you go any higher than 8% on a normal raise, not a promotion, but a normal raise, be careful because of the precedent that that set. Now, it, and you may be listening going, yeah, that's old school. I've just seen it enough to where when you start to create raises of particular amounts with particular timing, an expectation is unintentionally set and, and it starts the breeding ground for entitlement, for frustration, and for looking elsewhere and for leaving. So that's one. Next one. Yeah. And, and just is, real quick on that one, if you're adjusting, if you do an audit and you realize we are underpaying, that is an extenuating circumstance. Yep. We're talking right as rain. This is a normal process. But if you do that, if you are making an adjustment and it does cause you to do a 10, 12, 15% mm -hmm. raise, make sure that when you're communicating that, you're communicating that this is not a normal thing. This should not yes. be considered the norm. If it were me, I would start with an apology. First of all, yeah, I've got an apology and some good news. Right. I'd like right. to apologize. We did an audit. We have been, we believe we've been paying you under market for your role. We are going to fix that as of now. During this, right. we're gonna we're gonna give you we're we're increasing your compensation to this. Now, here's what I want to make sure that we talk about. This is not going to be the new normal. This is an adjustment for a mistake on our part. It comes with an apology and an adjustment yeah. with your compensation. So we've adjusted it. We believe that this is putting you here. So this is not the new normal on what right. raises look like. This is an adjustment to get you where we believe you need to be for yeah, the role totally. that you are and the performance that you you have in this company. That's just right. how I'd nuance those things. That's good. Which segues perfectly to the next pitfall to avoid exceptions in general. That's an example of an exception. Avoid them. But if you do have them, document them. Make it sure mm -hmm. it's clear as to why it's an exception. Otherwise, it's just favoritism, which goes to the next one. Be very careful of perceived or real favoritism about gender, race, age, relationship, sexual orientation, whatever it is. Be mindful of all of that. And if you say to yourself, there's no favoritism at all, look at the data. Just make sure you look at the data based off of gender, based off of so forth. When there, if there's some data points that start to tell a different story, be careful because you might have a blind spot. And then the last mm. one is unclear transfers and raises. What do I mean by that? Employee is not doing well in this department, and we think maybe they're just in the wrong seat. So let's transfer them over there, and hopefully that leader can take care of them because, man, maybe it's me that's the problem. And not only do they get a higher compensation now, but their performance stays the same or is worse. And now you've kicked the, the problem down the lane and you create all sorts of issues internally where people see the bad behavior, they see they're rewarded for it, and it creates all kinds of issues. Again, ask me how I know, right? Dangerous. So pitfalls to avoid for sure. Hopefully those are helpful. Hopefully this episode today has been packed with tangible, actionable insights that you can really take and run with. We want you to create environments where people feel valued, feel totally appreciated, that they want to be there. Again, we inspire people to come. We don't require. And when we inspire, inspiration comes when we personally know each individual. We know what makes them tick. We know what's valuable to them. And they feel our care for them. Compensation is just one of those tools. But we've got to understand their mindset around it. And when they feel that and they know that you've got their back in every aspect in that regard, which means sometimes, 
having the really hard conversations, pushing them, stretching them. It doesn't mean coddling them and being so kind that they can't take hard truths. No, it's, it's being that leader that really pushes them to be the best version of themselves. That's how we re attract and retain top talent. And compensation is just one of those. So hopefully you can apply many, much of this. Please ask questions. We'd love to help you in any way that we can and implement. Go help your team and go proactively talk about compensation. Talk about the elephant in the room that Richard mentioned in beginning forward and stay consistency by creating these guiding principles. Man, you'll thank yourself later. <laughs> It'll help, exactly. help you in many, many ways. So Richard, thanks for all the insights and all the great stuff you, sh you covered as well. It was great. Yeah, Jeff, I, I, I really enjoyed our conversation. Thank you. Thank you for walking us through those processes. And to all the listeners, thank you for joining us. Uh, we hope you'll tune in next time for more actionable advice on all things leadership to sit with us and spend time to get ready to lead. So until next time, uh, thank you. And we'll talk soon. Thanks for listening to the Ready to Lead show. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a rating on your favorite podcast platform. And if you want to stay updated on the release of new episodes, be sure to hit that follow button. And Jeff and Richard, they want to hear from you. If there's an episode topic you'd like to hear them dive into, or something about today's episode that was a big breakthrough, or maybe even something you disagree with, they want to know. Send them an email at feedback at readytolead.com. Thanks again for tuning into this episode. We'll see you on the next one.